0: And good evening one and all and welcome to the X-Zone. My name is Rob McConnell and for the next four hours I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality and the X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, which is only three hours. Why did I say four hours? Oh, that's right, because we're going back to our old broadcast schedule where we're going to be four hours from 11 o'clock until 3 o'clock, but that's not till next week. So I apologize for that, exonation. If you'd like to send me an email, studio at com. on all social media sites, Radio TV our radio website at www.exzoneradio.com, and of course, we come to you around the world on the Exone Broadcast Network and on TalkStream Live. My first guest tonight is a gentleman we've had the pleasure of having on the show before, a good friend of the Exxon Nation, Brad Olson is his name, and Brad's passion for writing goes far beyond his book publishing business or the online content he produces, His books have reached a wide audience across the country and have won numerous awards. His work has been reviewed in top publications as he continues to lecture nationwide on a variety of subjects. He has appeared on dozens of television and nationally syndicated radio shows over the course of two decades. Yet for all the fanfare, Brad likes to spend time with his friends and family while attempting to be outdoors as much as possible. Although the professional task of book publishing occupies most of his year, Brad also is the founder and event producer of How Weird Street Fair in San Francisco, the city where he currently resides. Between writing online and print publication, new book chapters, and posting on social media, he also manages various websites, does marketing work, special sales fulfillment, administrative tasks, manages various projects, and outsource collaborators and produces one of the largest festivals in the city. Now, wearing his publisher hat, he makes a he makes a stated goal of only releasing only the kind of books that he would value owning himself, which in today's society is commendable. For more information on our guest this hour, Brad Olson, visit two sites, bradolson.com and cccpublishing.com. And, uh, Brad, welcome back to the X Zone. Great talking to you, my friend.
1: Hey Rob, always great talking to you. Thanks for having me back.
0: So, let's see. Future Esoteric is coming out in its second edition, right?
1: Just came out just a couple of months ago.
0: And uh, then you're busy with your How Weird Street Fair, and I've got I've got to ask you, you know, for the listeners who are just joining us or hearing about you for the first time here on the X Zone. What is the How How Weird Street Fair?
1: Well, we just had our 17th annual event here and reached 27,000 people wow. this year, Rob. We're expecting it could go as high as 30 next year for our 18th annual, mm-hmm. which is going to coincide with the Summer of Love here in San Francisco, 50-year anniversary. So next year's theme is going to be the Summer of Weird. The Maybe we can Summer get you to weird. come down.
0: <laughs> I'd love to, Brad. I'd love to. Um, has it been 50 years since the, since the Summer of Love?
1: Can you believe it? 67 will be the next year. And it actually starts in the wintertime. So there's a big digital BN that we're also getting involved with uh, and doing a How Weird stage there, which is basically electronic dance music. So it's not of the 60s. That's more rock and roll. Yeah. Where we're DJs and uh, techno music primarily. But there are live musicians that play at the How Weird and play with the DJs sometimes too. And we're up to 13 stages on eight city blocks in downtown San Francisco. So it's gotten quite big. We're definitely in the top 10 largest events in San Francisco now.
0: You know, I, I remember the uh, the Summer of Love 50 years ago. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, San Francisco is the mecca for the it was? Right, yeah. Summer of Love and, and all the wonderful love that was pouring out into a nation and, and into a world that so so badly needed what the people in San Francisco were doing and that was so contagious that went around the world
1: it's been amazing and it still goes on here as a bastion of culture and technology I feel real honored to have the opportunity to be able to live here in the Bay Area and San Francisco in particular and uh, and thrive here and work hard and do all the things you said in my bio and yeah. uh, and keep it going throw a great party in the city one day a year
0: You know, uh, I've said this many times, Brad, that the hippies had the right idea. They really (laughs) had the right idea, you know, good vibrations, make love, not war, all you need is love, and they ushered in, as far as I'm concerned, the new age movement that we are seeing continuously growing in these days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The hippies were right once again. Now we we come back in retrospect, and we see uh, all those things are still in vogue, Eating. Organic food, uh, living is holistically mm-hmm. on the land if possible, and just uh, a simpler life, peace, love, and happiness isn't going to hurt anyone, right? So it can only be a good thing.
0: Tell us about your second edition, Future Esoteric.
1: So F- Future Esoteric did very well right out of the gates. It sold through its first four printings. And rather than just do another printing about a year ago, I was uh, collecting some new information that I threw in there and new images with captions and just filled the book out a bit more and made it – it was about 90% there before. Now I think it's a complete package, 100% there. So I'm really happy with that. And it's uh, the other bookmark with Modern Esoteric, which you have that great commercial you played coming in before. Uh, describing the two books and uh, it's done quite well and I'm happy to keep it going
0: What are some of the topics in Future Esoteric for those listening who have never heard of Brad Olson before which means they've lived a very closed in life and we're going to release (laughs) them into the public here tonight
1: well, my motto's always been uh, the p- people deserve to know the truth if they want to. And that's yes. why I use the term esoteric because by definition, esoteric subject matter is available and sought after by a select few. Just like your motto of the show uh, that you change reality around yeah. and reality becomes a different what I call alternative narrative. So the mm-hmm. subjects start out with the secrets that kept – UFOs and ETs in a box for so long because you really have to understand the secret state to really understand why this backward engineered technology becomes so valuable and it went top secret. But I don't just dwell on UFO ET subject matter in future esoteric because the final section is called utopia and that's where I get into free energy technology and Concepts like, what would the world be like if we put an end to money? Mm. And just some forward-thinking ideas out there for people to uh, consider to make this a better world.
0: I've got a new uh, chapter for your book. What would this world be like without politicians?
1: (laughs) Probably a much better place.
0: You know, I was watching uh, TV today, and uh, you had Donald Trump, who was down in Philadelphia, and I, I, I think at times he has multiple personality problems. Because I watched him today, and he was presidential. And then he goes to another place, and he's off the rocker again. And then he does a press conference, and he's befuddling himself. And, you know, Hillary's doing the same thing. Please don't think I'm just picking one over the other. I think they both belong in the cuckoo's nest. Uh, But, you know, if the extraterrestrials are watching what's going on, Man, they're going to be putting up a detour sign in between the moon and earth saying, get the hell out of here while you can. Danger ahead.
1: <laughs> How about Justin Trudeau? Would you share him with us? Could we possibly have him?
0: Hey, listen, you're welcome to him because we don't want him here.
1: <laughs> you don't like him either. Oh,
0: he Now, there's a real idiot. You know, he, um, yeah, he was... The only reason he got in was because his father was Pierre Elliott Trudeau, right. who was also a prime minister of Canada who... Uh you know let me let me put it to you this way here you've got Justin Trudeau comes from a family where his father was prime minister and his mother Margaret Trudeau slept with the Rolling Stones whoa yeah i never knew that oh yeah oh yeah maggie had a, fl- a fling with the uh, rolling stones there that included sleeping with the rolling stones uh so you know, is he a politician no i don't think so is he an asset to canada I think every Canadian in their own way is an asset to Canada. Should he be Prime Minister of Canada? Oh, hell no.
1: So, Should the Rolling Stones come back and hang out with his mom? I mean, it's Summer Love anniversary next year out.
0: There's an idea. There, <laughs> now, that would be cool, eh? Maggie does the Stones on Parliament Hill in Justin Trudeau's office.
1: Oh, hey, you know, the Stones just played down in Havana, Cuba. Uh, a couple months ago, so they're still rolling around.
0: Yeah, so tell me, what do you think about the what's going on with Cuba and the United States? Do you think it's about time that they kind of, uh, you know, got back together again? And I, I know for a fact that the the tourism for Cuba is going to be a big boost to their economy.
1: Oh, for sure. And I'm pretty sure they just had the first chartered flight out of mm-hmm. Miami. The first legal U.S. flight direct yeah. you see, uh, JetBlue.
0: You see, Cuba was never restricted, or, or Canadians were allowed to go there. I, in fact, my wife and I went there over the, before the Christmas holidays. Oh. And I'll tell you something, I would never go back to Cuba again. How come? Never in a million years. Well, number one, uh, the hotel that we stayed in was supposed to be a four-and-a-half star. There was black mold in the ceilings. Uh, oh, there was a flood on the third floor. Yeah, That's right flood on the third floor. Uh, there was only one public washroom that was working in the entire complex. Uh, oh. And then when we're out in the beach, on the beach, the beach is beautiful, but in the water, human feces was floating around. Uh, the restaurant that was in the property was open and there were birds flying all over the place. And of course the birds, God bless them, they they just do what they need to do wherever they are. And then they got plopped food. You know, plopping their food, and uh, my wife was very ill when we came back, and she, uh, you know, would we go back to Cuba? We couldn't get a flight out of there fast enough. Within <laughs> within a week, Brad, this is the God's truth, we spent, let's see, seven days in two separate properties in four separate rooms. Ooh. Yeah.
1: Wow, that's tough.
0: It is. But the people there, I've got to tell you something, the people are Fantastic. They are loving, they are they can't do enough for you, wow, but the the uh, the infrastructure no needs a big, big injection of cash.
1: then it could be a real gem five, ten years, say if yeah, a couple of big hotels move in there.
0: but I don't think the the Cuban government will be as um as lucrative as the Americans think that they can get away with in in Cuba because Cuba is still. You know, not the most uh, forward country. Uh, they they take good care of their people. They've got good education. They have uh, excellent uh, health and medical over there. But when it comes to getting up with the times, I don't think I saw a modern car in all of Cuba. You know, these were they were all the old um, cars. The, old cars yeah, from the fifties, right? Exactly. And they just- Exactly.
1: Keep uh, building on and keeping them from running.
0: Yeah, you know, like we've we spent weeks throughout the Caribbean. We've done, well, we've done the Bermuda Triangle. We've done the the Mayan Pyramids in Mexico. Um, and, and we've gone all over the place. I would not go back to Cuba. For me to go back to Cuba, they would have to pay my flight, pay my accommodations and, and everything because... I don't know. I, I, I just couldn't see myself going back there. Maybe, maybe in twenty years if I'm still around, uh we'll we'll look at it. But uh up until then, uh uh-uh.
1: uh. <laughs> yeah, a lot of great places in the Caribbean. Oh gosh, They're... yeah.
0: And and you know what? You touch on this in all of your books that there is something to learn no matter where you go. You know, your your book on sacred places in North America, you know, the United States and Canada. You, you incorporate history and geography at the same time, as well as you educate and entertain your readers. How did, you, how did you come across this formula?
1: I started out first traveling around the world for three years, self-financed trips as an English teacher in Japan, and realizing that uh, edu- traveling is as good of an education as you can get from any university. So just fell in love with it and pretty much spent my entire 20s traveling. That's how I ended up out here on the West Coast. Uh, Eventually, just realizing this is where I wanted to stay. But when I did the Sacred Places series, I realized, for one, it was filling a void. There wasn't much really out there like that. They were all basically coffee table books. And I wanted to create more of a travel guide with directions uh, and information about the site to encourage people to get out there and actually do it go out and visit these places. And that's really the uh, success of the Sacred Places series is that uh, they are travel guides, as well as giving you some Mm -hmm. information as well as maps on how to reach these destinations.
0: Where, in your opinion, is the most sacred site in the United States?
1: In the U.S., uh, there are pretty much important ones in each region. uh, But The ones that are the most known are like Devil's Tower because it was portrayed in Close Encounters movie. You've got the medicine wheels, which I I find really fascinating because it's archaeoastronomy using the spokes of these stone wheels. And two-thirds of all medicine wheels are up in Canada, uh, using them as sundials basically to predict the seasons, watch the stars – the solstice sunrises come up over them. They're very remarkable structures. Mm-hmm. And then I really like the uh, stone chambers out in on the east coast in New England. And those are kind of the unrecognized sacred places that I hope people will go to and visit and, and preserve them better state than they are. Uh, but one of them called America's Stonehenge in New Hampshire is quite an established tourist spot. So it is maintained by uh bob stone and his family um but down in the south or in the midwest where i grew up in the chicago area are those these incredible mound sites so i I think as far as like the most famous or site defiable is is the serpent mound in ohio is really amazing and again that has archaeoastronomy uh sightings with the curves of the serpent's uh body Really amazing to think that prehistoric people had this much pre-knowledge of the world and the landscape to lay out these effigy mounds in such a way that they could also predict the seasons and watch the stars and experience the solstice and equinoxes. It's truly remarkable how much Mm -hmm. ancient wisdom the people had.
0: It's funny you should mention Bob Stone, because his son, Dennis Stone, is coming on tonight in our third segment to talk about America's Stonehenge.
1: Ah, well, send my regards to the Stone family.
0: I certainly will. I, I find it ironic here we're talking to Dennis Stone about Stonehenge of America. Cute, huh? on yeah. words? I don't know. <laughs> um, history tries to tell us that Christopher Columbus discovered the Americas. We all know this is wrong. You know, So what else is history isn't telling us? And what else is history, in your opinion, lying to us about, Brad?
1: And this is what I love to get into in my Sacred Places books. Because all across North America, we'll just stick here on this continent, are so many anomalies, out-of-place artifacts, Ubas is mm-hmm. the acronym. But the, the artifact that really draws me in, because I'm a real tall, blonde-haired, blue eyed explorer type heritage from the Vikings and Germanic peoples who had a history of traveling is the stone up in Minnesota called the Kensington runestone, which tells the uncritical account of a Viking excursion deep into the North American continent Mm -hmm. via either the Great Lakes or more likely Hudson Bay. Mm -hmm. And they even say on the Kensington runestone that they came from Vinland, which is this colony that was started by Leif Erikson himself. So the the untold story of the Vikings in North America is a very rich tale. And we can get a lot of information out of the sagas of from Iceland and Greenland that tell the story of how they came down here and how they attempted some colonies on the east coast in Vinland and made these, the word for it, Bard these voyages of discovery. And there's some other rune stones in the Ozarks, hmm. way out in uh, Oklahoma. Eastern Oklahoma I went and visited and they're in sacred places in North America too, called the Heavener rune stones. And apparently they were a whole bunch of other giant rune stones that have been destroyed over the years, but this one still exists and it just says Gloam Valley. So it's like somebody named Gloam, or maybe they're their deity or something was claiming this area that this was their hillside uh, in the Ozark Mountains in eastern Oklahoma. Truly remarkable sight.
0: Brad, we have to take a break right now. We'll be back in about four minutes. When we come back, I'd like to talk to you about uh, you know secret societies, secret states, UFOs, and much more. How does that sound?
1: oh we got a good show tonight, Rob. Be
0: sure to my friend Exonation. Brad Olson is our special guest www.bradolson.com and www.ccpublishing.com. The Exxon is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And as you all know by now, the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. until 2 a.m. And, in two e- and starting on the 12th are new hours, 11 p.m. until 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. I'll be back on the other side of this break with Brad Olson as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology and so much more here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. X-Own broadcast network www.xzbn.net radio's authority on the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology celebrating 25 years of broadcasting broadcasting around the world and to the great beyond
1: For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net.
0: Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. When you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-Minus-One, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gulda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is The X Zone. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Uh, you know, every time I hear the word Colorado, I think of the, the law that allows people to enjoy cannabis. You know, it's legal there, right? Right. And I, that gives a whole new meaning to uh, John Denver's hit, Colorado Rocky Mountain High, I guess, but... I've got a weird sense of humor. What can I say? Brad Olson is our special guest. His website, www.bradolson.com and cccpublishing.com. Brad, why are there secret societies? Are they a necessity and why were they formed?
1: Secret societies are really an offshoot of consolidation of power, control over people, and also for disseminating information uh and and hoarding it in a way i'm not uh, a big proponent of anything secret and certainly not these secret societies which have been part of the fabric of humanity for millennia it's not just a a recent thing or from the last 200 years like freemasonry there are secret societies that date back to ancient egypt Mm -hmm. as well as uh ancient Babylon. So they've been with us for a long, long time, Rob. But now for the first time ever, much of their secrets and secret proceedings are becoming known to the general population, and, and that's a good thing.
0: You know, people talk about the shadow government, the New World Order, the puppet, the puppet masters behind the politicians. Is there any truth to that, Brad, or is this all just more government conspiracy and cover-up talk?
1: Oh, I think uh, most politicians in the Western world today have a degree of control over them. Mm-hmm. I think the last real free president we had here in America was JFK, and look at how that ended. Yeah, exactly. So you, you buck the trend too much, and uh, you find yourself in, in hot water. Because the real controllers here of the, of the secret government, they really don't want exposure they don't want to be known they don't want their net worth known they would prefer to run things from the shadows but uh, now the stakes are very high because technology is a factor and some of the things that they may have the potential to do i don't think they should have that right Uh, when we're talking about controlling the weather or Mm -hmm. controlling weapons or Uh, backward-engineered UFO technology. There's really no transparency on these issues, and there really should be.
0: Talking about UFOs, why do you think the governments of the world are suppressing the information that they have about UFOs? It's been 50 years, for goodness sake, that the public has been able to get accustomed to the fact that we are not alone. So why the big cover-up?
1: I think it really has to do with backward-engineered technology. And if you look at it from the standpoint of a government Mm -hmm. who is attempting to understand this technology and use it in defensive uh, purposes or perhaps just to have a a one-up technology-wise on perceived enemies such as Russia. Mm -hmm. I mean, this goes all the way back to Nazi Germany and the way they split up the rocket scientists. Some went to the UK, some went to Russia. Most of them came here and started NASA. So this is extremely important. This is how different countries of the world, most speaking about U.S., control the hegemony over the other countries and retain their one-up, if you will, in case there were times of war. So when you're talking about the hardware, the real uh, war implements, and now that weapons are going into outer space, I mean, again, the stakes are very high, controls these things and what mm-hmm. they're using them for. Uh, it's a very dangerous game. And could potentially uh, uh, new weapons could be unleashed. But looking, uh, so, but
0: looking uh, at what we have today in the arsenal and looking at the propulsion systems we have, the, the drive mechanism we have for our public vehicles, where can we point to and say that's backwards, back engineering from the extraterrestrials?
1: Well, if you read uh, Phil Corso's book, The Day After Roswell, he has a list of 25 or 30 items going back to the the computer chip, to laser beams, to even Velcro, uh, and many other things that we take for granted these days are some of those things that got spun out into the general public. Mm-hmm. But I would say the lion's share have been collected and kept by the powers that be that, that use them in aerospace and, and other technology. And let's face it, I mean, if, if we were to talk about uh, the release of anti-gravity or uh, some of these free energy technologies, think about what a disruption that would be to so many industries around the world, most especially energy, which is the largest enterprise on the planet.
0: But why are we then looking for alternative means of energy, Brad, if the means are already here, like it doesn't this this reverse engineering aspect of the of the extraterrestrial connection has never made sense to me. Because if we do have the technology, why are we still using solid rocket propulsion? Why is it taking us years to get to to the outer outer planets instead of using the alleged technology that was reverse engineered? Uh, it why why it just doesn't make sense, and I, I've I've checked a lot of Corso's claims, and they were all they were false. When you do the research and go into the patents and the copyrights and everything else, you know it. The facts prove him wrong.
1: Well, I can't speak for Corso or how he came up with those sources, mm-hmm. but the the way the argument goes is some of those best kept secrets in technology are hoarded and used mainly in the secret space program but also on some of the underground bases and the the rumor is they're connected via these maglev trains that can go at Mach 2 speed and of course run on free energy here in in America I mean that that's that's the narrative on on underground bases okay. that this technology is there but it's just Sequestered and kept secret from if, all the rest if
0: stuff. in fact this technology is available and the governments have been suppressing it, isn't that treasonous?
1: Absolutely.
0: Then how come nobody keeps the government accountable? How come nobody is going after the government and saying, you know what? What you're doing is treasonous. I think the reason why they're not doing that is because they don't have the proof.
1: Yeah, well, I was a speaker at Contact in the Desert and actually had a great uh, one-on-one with Corey Good as he was being interviewed by Linda Moulton Howe. He says he comes out of the secret space program, Rob. And I sat down with him for an hour and he says he's been to bases on Mars. He says there's bases on the moon. He's got a show on Gaia TV. I mean, you have to check him out or maybe have him on the show.
0: You know, like, just because... Gaia TV will take anybody and give them a show. (laughs) You know, I don't don't respect that network one bit. And just for somebody to make these off-the-wall statements without providing any proof, anyone who takes them as serious has to take a reality check because so many people say so many things. Why is it that some guy who says he's been to a base... On Mars, he's gone here, he's gone there, he's seen this and that. Take what he is saying as fact without any proof.
1: Well, he's not the only one. And there are other people who have come out of the secret space program that are now whistleblowing. Mm -hmm. I think until the recent years that these people would have been killed and they wouldn't have been able to talk for very long. It seems to me, Rob, there is some approach to what we could call a disclosure and maybe they're allowing Mm -hmm. whistleblowers to speak because the narrative of having this backward engineered technology is it goes into a secret space program biological progression and they're doing things in the solar system that maybe they're getting around and uh, exploring and, and we don't even know about it.
0: Let me ask you or let me forward this hypothesis that it's all a bunch of bunk
1: (laughs) Well, maybe we've never been visited. I kind of doubt that, but uh, I think it's a populated world uh, universe out there. Well, if we have been visited, then perhaps the Roswell crash happened and backward engineering is a fact. And this alternative narrative I speak of in Mm -hmm. future esoteric is the way things are. But if nothing has ever happened as far as our interaction with ETs, As far as a technology exchange, then it seems like a very lonely universe.
0: But what does this tell us about society where we have to take science fiction and try and turn it into something that is plausible that we can inject into our society to make society more exciting?
1: Well, isn't it our yearning? To explore space? I mean, all the way back to Gene Roddenberry and Star Trek. Isn't this the dream that humans are someday going to mm. get up there and explore around?
0: Not mine. I'd rather see them ta- explore this planet and take care of the people on this planet, feed the hungry, shelter the homeless, You know, take care of the people who need to be taken care of on this planet before they spend one red-headed cent going out into space.
1: Oh, I'm with you there, bro. I think we got to start taking care of each other yeah. this is getting out of control I mean, it is the hunger the poverty the starvation this should not be happening
0: especially in when we're spending so much money on the space program on you know manufacturing of weapons it, it, the list goes on and on and on so you uh, know how do we know that the that the wealth of of plant life the wealth of the the inner sanctum of the oceans, do not hold the secrets that we are so desperately seeking by looking up to the stars. I guess it's easier to look up than to look down and get wet.
1: And all the, the medical cures that could come from plants in exactly. the Amazon. Yep. We should chronicle what's on this planet and preserve it and mm-hmm. make laws that preserve it. And look at all the species of animals that are on the verge of extinction. Yep. Uh, future generations are going to look back on us and say, "What a reckless time that was, with so little regard for the natural systems of this planet."
0: And then look what happened. When was it? Last week or over the weekend in the United States with that earthquake that they are now pointing the finger to fracking. Yep. You know, and that I've been be I've been loud. saying years ago that taking the oil out of the earth, you're taking the um, the cushion between the tectonic plates and and Mother Earth itself, that when that oil is gone, you've got stone against stone and something's going to give.
1: Yeah, the natural lubrication of the planet. I say leave the oil in there. So at the very least, and this is one of my proposals in the free energy chapter Mm -hmm. of Future Esoteric, let's just look at what Tesla was up to. Ah. Let's go back and recreate his Wardenclyffe tower. What do we have to lose? I mean, maybe he did invent something like the transmission of wireless technology. I mean, wireless is so much a part of our life now. Can you imagine 100 years ago when he was proposing that?
0: But I I believe wireless was an ancient form of communication by using crystals, because... Everyone knows who has anything to do with broadcasting that in the earlier days prior to digital communications, there were tubes and there were crystals that set out the specific channels that you would transmit and receive on. So maybe the ancients had this knowledge, and this is why the crystal skulls or the the different crystal artifacts... There could be a tie into the different monoliths that are around the world. Maybe they were transmitted through ley lines. I don't know, but I believe in my heart of hearts that crystal transmissions from human to human or human to deity, however you want to look at it, was comm- was done in the past.
1: Yeah, and crystals are the ultimate storage system, basically unlimited. I mean, yep. we're talking gigabytes to terabytes to yodabytes It's up to now. Mm-hmm. It's going to just keep going exponentially. And I'm glad you brought up crystals because in my third and final installment in the Esoteric series, I'm going to have a chapter on crystals and the potential breakthroughs that could come in employing crystals in our, in our world and communications.
0: Yeah. You see, that I believe in because it kind of makes sense. Maybe I'm not as in tuned into the, the secret space projects or I, I, I'm the kind of guy where you want me to believe it, prove it. You know, I, I remember having Len cast on the show a couple of months ago, and he was telling oh, yeah. me about Oh, yeah. I like Len a lot.
1: He's great. Well, what did you guys say?
0: And, and he says, Rob, you know, why are you doing your show if you're a skeptic? I said, the only reason I'm a skeptic is because I want to believe, and nobody's given me any proof.
1: <laughs> if that Well, makes... he, of course, talks about the uh, Project Serpo. Yep. And you think there there's not much proof on that?
0: Well, that was... You know, the people who created the entire hoax have come forward and explained how it was done. And it's, once again, science fiction that people really want to hold on to. They really, really want to hold on to this. And it gives them, in my opinion, hope that, like you said, we are not alone. That there's more to this existence than many people believe there is. Uh, To me, when you tell me or I hear people saying, well, geez, you know, I'll give you an example, okay? I had a guest on the show who told me that he was a gunner on a starship that is kept on the other side of Pluto because the telescopes from Earth cannot see it. And that a couple of times a month he is teleported from his home to a scout ship that brings him to this, this starship that... That patrols a certain um, quadrant of our little solar system and the galaxy that we're in, and that he is in ch- he was in charge of a crew of seven gunners. This person is a high rank person in Mufon. He is also a former police officer. Over the weekend, I received an email from him telling me that he is now a commander in this organization, and he has ships under his command.
1: Moving up the ranks.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And and then again, you get another high-ranking official from MUFON who, uh, after the, what was it, uh, Malaysian Airlines Flight 731 or 371 or... Uh Well, you know which one I'm talking about. That the reason why it will never be found is that because it was taken by a UFO. You it's
1: know, so way of explaining it away, but you yeah, know, you're right, Rob. We, we can't st- let UFOs be the excuse for everything, right? You know, but all I'd mystery.
0: like to see, like, I want to believe, I want to believe. There's no secret about that. That's why I do this show. I'm still looking for the day somebody will present a smoking gun pertaining to any aspect of the paranormal, UFOs, Bigfoot, ghosts. You know. Doing this show for years, Brad, and I haven't... Nothing's changed. Nothing has changed within the UFO field. Nothing has changed in the Bigfoot field. Nothing has changed in the ghost field. Nothing. Do you know where the changes have been? In the discovery of the past. The mysteries of the past. What has happened in the past? And in my opinion, in order to understand the present and to properly progress to the future, you first have to understand the past.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm with you there too because this is what modern esoteric is predicated on and the Sacred Places books and looking at ancient wisdom Mm -hmm. and putting the pieces back together and just trying to catch up with what they knew by using sciences like archaeoastronomy and others to recreate some of these sites and also using uh, high-tech computers like CAD imaging Mm -hmm. to – even scan underground and they're finding new artifacts and new discoveries around the Salisbury Plain of Stonehenge all the time. And that's turning out to be a great uh, ritual center that connected all the way to Avebury and included all these stone barrows. And when you talk to Dennis Stone, speaking of crystals, they Mm -hmm. found a giant crystal down one of the wells At uh, America's Stonehenge. Maybe you can bring that up with him. But also the similarities between all the sightings not only at America's Stonehenge but the real Stonehenge and how this is a common theme in many of the ancient sites. uh, Not only in Europe but also some of those here in North America.
0: When I was doing my research for the conversation I'm going to be having with Dennis in about two hours from now um, I learned that his son is an engineer and they were able to find out that there is a specific line that actually goes from the center of America's Stonehenge to the Stonehenge at Glastonbury.
1: Ah Wow, how cool. Yeah. Like an energy line, a ley line? A ley line. Oh, right across the Atlantic, huh? Yep.
0: You know, and these this to me shows us that there's missing history. Somebody is suppressing something, and I think that this is where the biggest suppression of information is taking place. Somebody or some group, whether it's the Illuminati, whether it's the New World Order, whether it's the Templars, whether it's the Vatican itself, which is another topic for another show that we must have, Brad. Um, Absolutely. There's something missing. You know, everybody talks about the missing link. Well, wait a minute. There's missing information that's in our recent past. And I think that once this is discovered, it's just going to blow the lid off civilization and humanity as we know it.
1: I would completely agree with you. And then also examining all the megalithic sites around the world... Mm -hmm. And, and considering how they could have moved such massive blocks, yep. fit them so precisely, and even fit them precisely on top of other magic block, ma- massive megalithic stones. That, to me, is one of the greatest untold stories in Earth prehistory.
0: Now, can you imagine if those architects would have built the Twin Towers? Those <laughs> jets would have never had a chance.
1: Might still be standing.
0: Yeah, and what is it, uh, f- 15 years
1: yeah, this Sunday will be the My 9-11 gosh. anniversary.
0: That is uh, that is one day I will never forget. Yeah,
1: I'll never time forget Time flies that. too. Fifteen years, wow!
0: So, what is next for Brad Olson and uh, all your endeavors?
1: Yeah, well, I am still working with Leo Lion Zagami and publishing his five books wow. that are being translated in Italian to English. I mm-hmm. uh, just finished uh, Confessions of an Illuminati, Volume Three. That went back to him and his American wife, who's also serving as an editor. So we're coming out with that next year. Uh, I'm working on my third book in the Esoteric series called Beyond Esoteric, but it's looking more like a 2018 release. And then, of course, uh, the How Weird Street Fair, which is more of a seasonal job I do, mostly uh, starting at the first of the year till we do the event in the springtime.
0: What are your final thoughts for the EXO Nation listening tonight, Brad?
1: Just to keep your mind open on all these subjects, all the guests that you have, I like to say people should do their research, Mm -hmm. be their own best uh, guide as to finding out which of these subjects are worth pursuing, worth uh, researching or educating yourself on and just keep moving forward and, and try to be nice to people and help each other out, give some change to the homeless, uh, pay it forward. I, I think exactly. our energy and what we put out into the world is very much a mirror, and it comes back to us a thousandfold often.
0: Do you think a disclosure will happen in the very near future?
1: I am optimistic in the next five or ten years we're going to have a breakthrough.
0: Why do you think the the extraterrestrials just don't land And say, ta-da, we're here. You knew we've been here. You knew, Mr. President, that we were here. Don't lie to us. (laughs) You damn well knew, Mr. Putin, that we've been here. So why don't they just land and say, you know, Earthlings, we're home.
1: Well, don't you remember in Star Trek, they had the prime directive and they weren't allowed to interfere with evolving nations. Maybe that? it's the same here. Maybe they don't want to come down here and be our babysitter once they announce themselves. It's up to us, Rob. We I have agree. our own free will to evolve on this planet. And it's a good policy. I think we should figure it out ourselves.
0: Where can people get copies of your book, my friend?
1: Go to cccpublishing.com, and that's where all the books are. Learn more about me at bradolson.com. You could follow me on Facebook or Twitter. CCC Publishing on twitter or i also have a youtube channel called esoteric series
0: ccc publishing sounds mexican c c c thank you ever so much for joining us always a great pleasure talking to you and i look forward to the next time you visit us here in the exxon until then my friend thank you for the type of book you put out thank you for getting the information out there and most of all thank you for getting people to think
1: well, thank you, Rob, for all those things you just cited for me, and return the compliment to you. And until the next time, thank you again for having me on. Take care, buddy. Always good talking to
0: you. You too. Exonation. Brad Olson has been my guest this hour. Once again, here are the websites, www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. And www.cccpublishing.com. Dot com And that's the letter C, the letter C, the letter C, publishing.com. Now, I'm going to be back on the other side of this short break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget our new Facebook group. Do you have your pencils and paper ready? All right. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash X-Zone Radio TV. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone with our guest next hour, Tanya Richardson, and she's going to be talking about angels. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away.